Hey, happy Tuesday and welcome to the Coaching Minds podcast brought to you by the Mental Training Plan where we are here to help you perform at your best. We have a great topic today. Uh, Who are you when the pressure is the greatest, when there's time for a clutch moment? We've seen lots of different highlights of that here in the last few weeks, gotten some feedback on it. So we're diving into what makes you clutch or what makes a clutch situation. We have some great stuff, Benny. I'm ready to get after it. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. All right, Ben, so one thing that I heard on the radio the other day was just who is the most clutch of all time uh, local team. They were talking about how there's some players that don't have uh, they don't have the go-to guy at the end of the game. And it spurred up the conversation of who is the most clutch of all time. So just diving into that a little bit, some of the numbers uh, are guys that come to our mind. Right now, if you think, who is the most clutch basketball player, football player, fill in the blank of all time, you can't go that far into a, into a debate without guys like Kobe Bryant coming up or Michael Jordan. Uh, and just some, just some numbers uh, as we get into there. Kobe Bryant... Uh, he had eight buzzer beaters in his entire career. Really, that that isn't that many. That that was surprising to me when I saw that number. And and I think something we have to think about is how many. And I don't have. Uh, and he's missed forty five game winners. Um, wow. And so that really that isn't that great of a number if you really think about it. Uh, but if you probably put yourself out in front of, you know, thirty thousand fans with the, with the game on the line to go to the playoffs, and you got to go make this shot our numbers are probably going to be much worse. Yeah. I mean, percentage wise, that doesn't come out to a fantastic percentage, but like at the end of the day, if that dude was on my team, I'd want him to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. The, maybe the uh, clutchest opportunity I ever had was in a completely empty um, Hinkle field house where Butler plays basketball. I had uh, the opportunity to shoot a half court shot to win a thousand dollars worth of Scotty's restaurant um, gift cards and uh, I wasn't clutch so I can't say anything to Kobe I, the the three guys in front of me all made theirs um, which is pretty awesome but I then missed and so the, you know we dive into some more numbers um, Michael Jordan he made 45% of his game winning shots with under 10 <clears> seconds <throat> left that's a pretty high number if you think about you know just your percentage of making you know if you shoot 60% from the field, that's very high. And then if you put it under 10 seconds left, he made 45%. The rest of the league, the average is 27%. Wow. Uh, and he only made nine buzzer beaters in his career. Which is crazy because like the ones that he did made or did make stand out to me. Right. And those are like highlights that you see every year when they talk about the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, MJ hits that game winner uh, in the playoffs against the Cavs and he's run, he jumps up and he kicks his. I mean, you see that every year come the playoffs. Uh, but it only happened nine times. Again, I don't, we don't have the numbers on how many did he, how many buzzer beaters did he miss. But as we all know, the famous quote from Michael Jordan, he said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and he missed. So it's not like these guys are just every time the game's on the line. They're just they're cashing in. Now, if they get to the free throw line, that's one thing. But hitting these buzzer beaters, it is tough. Uh, some other statistics that we have talking about, let's get into football. Who are those clutch players? Well, we always go to the most important position 
in sports probably is the quarterback. You know, I always talk about game-winning drives. Uh, Tom Brady has 51 game-winning drives out of 313 complete games as of today. That's 16% of his games. That, that I think, is a pretty high number. Yeah. To think in 16% of the games he's ever played, he has had a game-winning drive to go win it. Uh, next, we have is Drew Brees. He's second all-time with 53 uh, game-winning t- drives out of 287, which is at 18%. And Peyton Manning has the most all-time uh, with 54 game-winning drives uh, out of 266. So that's 20% of his games. One out of every five games, Peyton Manning had a game-winning drive. And I think I think there's something to look into these numbers. You know, did Peyton have higher numbers because his team maybe wasn't as good as Tom Brady's teams, and so he wasn't winning at the end of the game, so he had to make a comeback. And and Tom Brady, yeah. uh, you know, argue he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Was he just already up by a bunch of points, so he hasn't had as many opportunities to make game-winning drives? There's lots of ways to look into it, but when it comes down to if you're thinking of all the quarterbacks in the history, you have one possession to go down and score with under two minutes. One of these three guys, you can make a pretty good argument. You'd want for sure. And you know, I I feel like on sports radio or you know on some of the different sports shows on TV, people love to sit around and talk about who's the most clutch of all time, and then present their argument for why their person is the most clutch of all time. And you know, I. I, I do think that people have certainly tried to quantify clutch performance. So in uh, in Major League Baseball, there's a stat. It's been around since 1985. Just an attempt to answer the question, do clutch hitters exist? Um, and it's called the late inning pressure situation stat. And it's defined as an at-bat in the seventh inning or later where the batter's team trails by three runs or fewer is tied or is ahead by only one run. If the bases are loaded and the batting team trails by four runs, this also counts as late inning pressure situation. So just trying to, I mean, trying to quantify with statistics, which in my opinion is almost impossible, if not completely impossible. Yeah, it always seems like in baseball that people just get bored and then they're like, let's just make up some, (laughs) let's make up this statistic and start diving into it. Uh, But you know, it's not that they're bored. It's that they have more time in between that's pitches. That's what it is. And I think, like you're saying, people will argue back and forth who is better. And the reality is, majority of the time, whoever you think is better does not get the job done. Uh, because like you said, 45% of the time, MJ made the game-winning shot. That means 55% of the time, he didn't. Uh, so the arguments go back and forth uh, on that. And, and like I said, you really can't be wrong. You know, There's no way of judging it. But... It's something that we all crave. It's something that I think yeah. every one of us as a child growing up, we're in our backyard on the basketball goal or wherever it was, and you're counting down and you you have to go hit that jump shot or whatever it might be. Like We all crave those clutch moments. Uh, if you're a competitor, which you are, you're listening to this podcast, that is you. We crave clutch moments. It's what we've, you know, that's what makes, you know, like the heroes or the superstars. We've seen it all over. Um, last Thursday, you know, we, we saw, uh, Rutgers, a team that was, is not supposed to beat Purdue. They hit a, they hit an actual buzzer beater and the whole 
the whole arena storms a court and like that's what we all crave i mean huge for rutgers number one team in the country i mean what a what a win for those guys and you know the the week before that there was the lions game where they you know they had lost three games on the last play of the game this year and they were yet to win a game the entire season. They were down 27-23 with a minute 50 left. They had to drive 75 yards and completed an 11-yard touchdown pass as time expires to win. And, I mean, you you would think even, even in that situation, it's like, oh, they're in last place. They've never won a game. You would have no idea watching the celebration of those guys on the field because they were they were competitors and in that clutch moment they won and, and you know the the Ravens game that week also it was again under two minutes down 20 to 13 uh, they were they were at Pittsburgh they marched 60 yards to score with 12 seconds left they go for two in the win and they didn't get it and, and Pittsburgh went crazy absolutely and you know one thing with the lions that was, that was a big win for them uh you know going in or i guess this is prior to sunday the lions they um with that win they keep themselves in the playoff race as they now have a one and two trillion chance to make the playoffs so a uh, big wow. win for them <laughs> so it is mathematically possible it there. is it is the uh Texans are mathematically eliminated, but the one and whatever in one Lions, they still have a chance. That's unreal. So, uh, you know, rather than the question being who is the most clutch of all time, what we want to dive into is really what can we learn from those clutch performers? Because it doesn't matter what the stats are. It, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. You would have a difficult time arguing that Peyton Manning was not a clutch quarterback and just the the drives that he had at the end of the game the success he had at the end of the game and for the most part you know attributed that to his preparation his time in the film room his comfort with with the guys on the field and how much work they put in you know with with Kobe talking about Mamba mentality the the ability to trust the process the ability to trust the training that you've put in knowing that you know he showed up at 4 a.m for those extra workouts in addition to all the other stuff that they were doing throughout the day as a team you know Michael's just desire to be great and grit and work ethic I know you know for a while they would talk about how he was cut from his high school basketball team I think really it was just he didn't make his varsity basketball team is that is that correct Yes, that would be that's. I mean, he was he didn't make the varsity team. Um, I think that th this ties in. If you hadn't looked at it already, last week's podcast on our different books that we had. If you dive into the book Relentless, uh, they go into all of this. They talk about why was uh, why was Kobe different than everybody else? Why was MJ um, different? And something that we were talking about off the air a little bit ago is these guys. If you look through all these guys that we've been mentioning. MJ, Kobe, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Peyton Manning, these guys weren't physical specimens. Peyton was slow. Tom Brady, he's old as dirt now. Drew Brees was small. You know, you keep going on, but they had something about them in the clutch that got them to be the you know argue in the in the arguments of greatest of all times and we won't dive into that now we could banter back and forth on it but that's not why people are here we want to know like how can we 
how can we be more clutch? What can I do uh, in my you know in my sport to be more clutch? One of the things I love about uh, Steph Curry is just the the story behind the work that he put in, and you know didn't just come into the NBA like you said so gifted that he just blew everybody else out of the water. But, you know, when he wasn't happy with his shooting percentage, he put in the time and he put in the work in the off season to really improve his game and really is starting to become one of the best shooters of all time. And now, you know, there was this, there was an article on fadeaway world um, back in October, Steph Curry is counting non swishes as missed shots in practice to improve his accuracy. I mean, we, we talk about all that all the time with quarterbacks, like aim small, miss small and holding yourself to a little bit different level and putting some pressure on yourself in practice, not just in a game, uh, you know, up in the stakes in practice. It, it's just, it's a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible way to prepare. And there, there's no doubt in any of his teammates' mind that, hey, he's putting in way more work than me. He's holding himself to a way higher standard than me. So I'm perfectly content with him taking the shot because he's probably got a, as good a shot as anybody in this clutch moment at the end of the game to drain it. So he he brought pressure on himself in practice and made it hard and didn't count these buckets that were going in because it nipped the rim and all these different things. But then in the game, you know, three points is three points. So it doesn't matter. So he made that pressure on himself in there. So you have to first, I think you got to dive into how are you practicing? Are you putting pressure on yourself? Um, or if you're a coach, are you putting pressure on your team? Are you just doing shooting drills for 10 minutes to, to, to kill time? What is the pressure that's being put on to them so that it carries over into those uh, games so you can have those clutch moments. So when we're, when we're talking about looking to be more clutch, I think the, the starting point needs to be where are we at right now? Like Steph, it was, he, he wasn't happy with his shooting percentage with, you know, at, at the end of a football season, we use the why not efficient stat column, which again is, it's completely subjective. Like the quarterback coach and the offensive line coach and the receiver coach all watch the same play. Sometimes there's a little bit of disagreement on, well, this, this is probably, you know, this guy should have done this or that guy should have done that. But, you know, we'll, we'll watch a play. And if it's not efficient, if it didn't gain the yards that we needed it to gain, there has to be a reason. Was it the defense was just out schemed us? Was it the offensive line didn't block the right person? So like assignment or the offensive lineman just didn't finish the block. They got beat. I mean, those are two very different things. Is that we need to learn more or is that we need to physically be bigger, badder, stronger? Um, and you know, stats don't always give us the answer, but a lot of times they will lead us in the right direction. I mean, if if a basketball team has five steals or seven steals in a game, is that great defense? Well, I mean, I don't know. Not if they went for not if they went for a steal 27 times and, you know, they got seven of them, but they didn't get that steal 20 times and they gave up easy, easy buckets. I mean, that that's not a great night of defense or, you know, you have you have a bad free throw shooting team. Is it? 
you're a bad free throw shooting team or is it your good shooters are not getting to the line as often as your poor shooters? I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily give you the answer, but it leads you in a, in a direction that you can really start to dive into. And so, you know, once we identify what are those shortcomings, then we can start to come up with our plan, right? And put it to work. What do we need to implement? What do we need to improve? Um, and we're not necessarily going to go through every single one of these because, I mean, it, it's literally each one of these is an entire episode, but did want to just give you some resources to go back and check out. So, you know, in, in 2013, when our football team walked into the state championship, we were not ready. There was, uh, there was too much fear. There, there wasn't enough courage. Um, episode 76 talks about how to improve that, how to be more courageous, you know, focusing on the process, having an answer for that negative voice in the back of your mind. Talked about Dr. Jason Winkle, you know, teaching the U.S. military how to breathe, having a, a statement or a mentality of what's next or this shop, making sure that we're focused in the present moment, knowing that failure is not final and, you know, getting comfortable with the fear and not controlled by the fear, knowing that it's going to be present and learning how to play with those butterflies because that adrenaline is going to make you play better. Um, all the way back to season three, episode nine, we talked about Mamba mentality and how you can develop yours. You know, it just how can you believe in yourself when it's time to perform? So maybe, you know, going back and watching the film, you're not happy with your performance in the clutch. You're not, you played great all game. And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, you choked or you just didn't execute the way that you wanted to, you know, that episode talks about does what, what work have you put in to deserve to be confident when the game is on the line? What are you going to trust in? What's your mentality? Um, season three, episode two was also kind of similar to that talking about the predator versus prey mentality. You know, when we have a predator mentality, we're looking to hunt and track down our goals and overcome obstacles that are in front of us. When we have a prey mentality, we, we limit ourselves to basically grazing on whatever left. Um, season three, episode 15 is all about controlling your mind and body and pressure situations. Um, you know, how do you control your focus, the things that you can control, what matters right now, the routines, focusing on the process, not the outcome. Uh, the, the second one would be controlling your self-talk, whether that's with you know, what's next or go to statement. Next one would be controlling your body with breathing or the forced muscular relaxation or forcing yourself to have good body language. Um, and then, you know, just like Drew Brees is so famous for visualizing those moments, practicing those moments, like Zeke was talking about practicing in person with pressure on the line, put put something on it, make a winner and a loser in practice. Um, and so, you know, those are just, those are some of the ways that once you identify where are we coming up short, those have, you know, some more resources that you can go back and check out with a little bit better purpose. So like we, like we've been saying this whole time, this is not, you don't just become clutch by just showing up. It's all about preparation, what you put in, and if you're a coach, it's what are you doing to prepare your team to be in those clutch moments? That's when that's when we have great coaches, great players. Is what do they do in the final two minutes or the final inning or whatever that that might be 
Uh, you can't just show up and expect to be great. You have to have that pressure. You have to prepare for it, practice for it, and then you get the opportunity. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Dive into some of those episodes we had from season three and the others. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, reach out to us at mentaltrainingplan.com. And until next time, make your plan and put it to work.